This is Warning Radio with Dr. Jonathan Hansen, founder and president of World Ministries International, a non-denominational end times ministry dedicated to fulfilling a divine commission to trumpet forth warnings from God concerning the imminent second coming of Christ and the impending judgment of God upon the ungodly. God has sent Dr. Hansen to many nations of the world with a solemn warning to the political and religious leaders and citizenry to repent of their sinfulness and wickedness or face the catastrophic judgments that will soon be unleashed upon the unbelieving world. Listen now to the warnings of our compassionate and merciful Creator conveyed through His faithful prophetic spokesman, the host of Warning Radio, Dr. Jonathan Hansen. This is Jonathan Hansen. I want to welcome you to the Warning Radio program. Today you're going to hear a message where I spoke at Turning Point City Church in Dixon, Illinois, titled Burning Cities and Judgment on America. Let's begin. Now, I want to talk a little bit about burning cities, judgment on America, because it's coming and it's here, but it's only going to escalate. God has a lot to say about sin and judgment. If there is no repentance, sin brings judgment. The Bible, a document written by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, is God speaking to mankind, giving warning of what brings blessings and what brings curses. The Science of Judgment, I've got a a few copies of that book left back there. Let me just read you what's inside of it, just the titles. Listen to this. Chapter 1, the laws regarding prophecy and judgment. 2, patterns of apostasy. 3, purpose of chastisement. Standards for justice and mercy. God forgives when people repent. God holds nations responsible for what leaders do. Parental responsibility, the feasts of the Lord. Solomon's transgressions and their consequences. Righteous kings versus evil kings. The example of King Jehoshaphat. Ungodly alliances. God is predictable. God holds people accountable. Man can turn into an intelligent beast to do evil. Problems with a theory of evolution, evolution and racism, Darwin's hatred of Christianity and its fruit, the fall of America and her destruction, cult Christianity, radical liberal politics. People choose their nation's leaders. You know, people say, well, God put them, God didn't put these barbarians, Stalin, Hitler, Mussolini, Obama. He didn't put these people into office. We put them into office. You better understand that God would never put them in. God's purpose is for the righteous to rule. We have not taken our responsibility. There is such a thing as a Christian's responsibility to a hostile government, and I don't see a Christian taking that responsibility right now. Not near enough to overturn this takeover of the United States. We're in a revolution. Qualifications for godly leadership. Romans 13, delegated authority. You know, dictators and communists take that way out of context every nation on earth. They use it to manipulate the church. You know, if you study that, we're all under a higher authority. Government is under a higher authority. That's God. That's Jesus Christ. And if a government violates the word of God, we're supposed to hold them accountable. Are you there? Dietrich Bonhoeffer understood that. He actually was involved in an assassination attempt against Hitler. Whether the rest of the church ignored what was going on and 
They were taken over. 11 million Christians died, 6 million Jews. Very few Christians know their responsibility to a hostile government. In the past, a lot more knew. But today, in the past, like in the American Revolution, they would take off their robes, grab their muskets, be the officers, and led the call for freedom. Are you there? I understand the difference between self-defense, justifiable homicide, a righteous army, legal execution, or I could have never been on the SWAT team a sniper. Are you there? There's a difference in all of that when it's legally your responsibility to resist evil, to protect your wife from rape, for legal execution, for protecting your nation with a righteous army. It's all through the Bible. God made the laws for execution, for murder and other crimes. We don't seem to know what's right and wrong anymore. We can't identify, you know, if we are men or if we're eunuchs. You know, somehow they castrated us because we don't even know the truth anymore. And you got a bunch of women behind the pulpit. I'm sorry, women. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. That's a hot potato, isn't it? There's a lot of good women that can minister, amen? And better than some of these eunuchs behind the pulpit. Okay, that'll preach. That'll preach. Satan is in charge of this world, not Jesus. You say, God is in charge. No, he's not. I don't believe it. My Bible doesn't say it. I got a whole chapter on it. You can look it up and then argue once you read it, if you dare. God is not responsible for the insanity going on in the world today. Satan is responsible. Don't blame God. And blame the church that is allowing it to happen like Adam allowed it to happen in the garden. When Jesus returns to earth at the Battle of Armageddon, he rules and reigns for a thousand years. Okay, you can blame him if something goes wrong. But don't blame Jesus now. You blame you and me and Satan but it's not Jesus' fault. Use some common sense. How can you blame Jesus for all of the evil, immorality that's going on all through the nations? It's not Jesus' fault at all. It's a church that doesn't take its God-given responsibility. If laws violate conscience, we must disobey. We're in a cultural war. Our responsibility to a hostile government, the Christian science of judgment. Four sins bring judgment on a nation, idolatry, immorality, killing the innocent, and dividing the land of Israel. Again, we talked about spiritual giants that we had in some countries, like German clergy, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, resisted Hitler and the Nazis. And I could go into all of what he did. It was fabulous how he was involved with the underground and led underground church leadership seminaries when it was outlawed. And he understood Romans 13. He understood it. During the American Revolution, Minister John Peter Gabriel Molenberg took off his robes during a sermon he was preaching, recruited 160 men out of his own congregation on the spot. And he led him as a colonel and then promoted to a general. And later on, was a senator. They led the call to freedom. They already were under tyranny in Britain, and they didn't want to go there again. Are you there? We are under God, not man. The Constitution and Bill of Rights, we are under God, unless you give it up. I've taught on it, I've preached on it, Germany all over again, because I'm seeing it all over again. We're losing our freedoms, and, you know, I was saying nobody, but you know what I mean, the majority, nobody is doing anything. Why aren't they screaming? Why aren't they rebelling? They can't stop you if you rebel. They have to give up. We didn't have to play this mass game for the last year. They're seeing how far they can push you. You know, if they would have told people, if you go on your hands and knees, the virus will go over your head, you'd have seen people walking on their hands and knees. That is how stupid people are. 
doctor is saying that what you're wearing doesn't help you a bit. In fact, you're inhaling things that probably do more damage to your body than... My goodness, I've got over 100 doctors that refuse to take this and say it's nonsense. Yeah, is there a problem? Sure. But it's just another variation of the flu. They're trying to control you. You're going to believe liars that are controlling and toppling the nation? You're going to believe these people? Where are the bold men of God with such uncompromising, unwavering faith that they resist tyranny and bring a nation on Judeo-Christian values? That's what made our nation great as we did it once. We did it once and became the greatest nation on the face of the earth. A beacon of light to evangelize the world and bring freedom to the nations. Who brings freedom once we lose our nation? It's over. You've got your new world order. Your one world government. Your United Nations. Your European Union. America has cowards behind the pulpit. Entrepreneurs, manipulators, entertainers. Pastors who twist the scriptures ignorantly or purposely compromising the truth to keep their giving units attending and giving them money. I'm a pastor. I've been a pastor since 1985. I love the Bride of Christ. I don't like fellow clergy manipulating the Bride of Christ. There's a lot of scripture dealing with that and the judgment awaiting these people that shear the flock. I know Don doesn't like it. I have been listening to him. When you go with him, Patsy, you probably sometimes grab him by the leg, huh? Now, Don, don't cause trouble in this place. You got a warrior here, amen? That's why I like him. I like him. Amos 7, 7 through 9. Thus he showed me, and behold, the Lord stood upon a wall made by a plumb line, with a plumb line in his hand. And the Lord said unto me, Amos, what do you see? And I said, a plumb line. Then said the Lord, behold, I'll send a plumb line in the midst of my people Israel. I will not again pass by them anymore. I believe America has had its final warning. Yes, we're sounding the alarm. But this is our last hurrah. We're going to come under tyranny or we're going to prevent it. You better understand this. I know eventually millions are going to die in America before you see a national revival. I know that. Are we going to stop this tyranny? Or are the millions going to start to die? I know a war is coming. And we're going to lose that. When the kings of the north, led by Germany, the Pope's involved, the European Union, we lose. It's in Scripture. You can pray all you want. You're not going to change Scripture. And out of the ashes, though, you're going to see finally a remnant that's powerful again. Now, we're not going to be a world player anymore. Do we want to delay tyranny? The church can delay it. I told you that, you know, I'm very happy if, you know, Nineveh repented and they got by for 100 years. My goodness, come on, huh? Come on, let's delay it. I don't mind 100 years if judgment wants to fall in. I mean, if America doesn't want to do its job, if Christians don't want to do their job, let it fall. But right now, I'm alive. I've got a wife and boy and grandchildren. I'm going to do everything I can to try to stop it. So are you. We need to do our part. If there's not enough genuine revival, which is real repentance, first in the dysfunctional divided church, then throughout the United States of America, we're going to see a continuation of escalation of judgment. This means an eventual civil war coupled with an evasion, either simultaneously or shortly after. There are nations involved in toppling this election, stealing this election. There are outside forces involved, including the Pope. Again, if I didn't want to get into some scriptural teaching, I could take it another direction and go with evidence. You'd be shocked. Like I said, I do hold conferences and civic centers and arenas, and we spent a full eight hours going into evidence and stuff. You'd be shocked what's going on. What is going on to America as they've been working at it for a long time to implement this insidious plan of theirs. 
to take God out of America and attack true Christians. They hate us. We're standing in the way. We're cancer. That's some of the terminology they use. We're cancer. Preventing utopia. You know, John Quincy Adam, the glory of the revolution was the bonding of government and Christianity. I mentioned in 1878, Reynolds versus United States of America, the Supreme Court ruled that Christianity and government could not be separated since the government is built upon the Bible and Christian beliefs. That was a Supreme Court at that time. John Jay, the first chief justice, one of the three authors of the Constitution, said it's the duty of the nation to see that it has Christian leaders. As a nation continues to refuse to repent... In my book, The Science of Judgment, I explain there comes a point of no return. A point when God is tired of warning of the consequences of our constant habitual evilness and rebellion. God is tired, meaning he knows nothing will get now our attention except discipline, except judgment. It's like if you told a kid enough and he just ignores you until you reposition his brain. All of a sudden, he's good again. <laughs> Jeremiah seven sixteen. pray not for this people. Neither lift up a cry nor prayer for them. Neither make intercession to me, for I will not hear them. Jeremiah eleven fourteen and 11. Therefore, thus saith the Lord, behold, I will bring evil upon them, which they shall not be able to escape. And though they shall cry unto me, I will not hearken unto them. Therefore, pray not thou for this people, neither lift up a cry or prayer for them, for I will not hear them in the time that they cry unto me for their trouble. Now, I'm telling you, I can read hundreds of verses. I've got a whole book over 300 pages out there dealing with judgment. Jeremiah 14, 11 through 16. Thus saith the Lord, pray not for this people for their good. When they fast, I'll not hear their cry. When they offer burnt offering and oblation, I will not accept them. I will consume them by the sword, by famine and the pestilence. Then said I, O Lord God, the prophets prophesy unto them, you will not see the sword. You'll not see famine. I'll give you a short peace in this place. You got lying prophets all through the country. I remember when Obama was president. You had lying prophets, national prophets. Oh, he's going to get saved. Man, he's not saved yet. Oh, there's going to be an economic revival. There was no economic revival. America crashed. Lying prophets, prosperity prophets, woke prophets. Then said the Lord, the prophets prophesy lies in my name. I sent them not, neither have I commanded them, neither spoke to them. They prophesy unto you a false vision, divination, a thing of naught, the deceit out of their own heart. Therefore, thus saith the Lord concerning the prophets that prophesy in my name, and I sent them not. Yet they say, sword and famine shall not be in this land. By sword and famine, these prophets will die. You know, I've done a week of television on people coming back from the dead, what they saw with doctors, what they saw when they died, and this and that, with doctors. I believe there's a special place in hell for pastors. Woo! I believe it. You heard what I said the first night about two angels and what the warning was. They're writing down everything the pastor's saying. And on Judgment Day, they're going to read his messages. And with his own words, they're going to vindicate him, well done, or condemn him for twisting the word of God. Boy, God help these pastors. God help them, because only he can help them. The prophets will be consumed. And the people to whom they prophesied shall be cast in the streets of Jerusalem because of the famine and sword. And none will bury them, nor their wives, nor their sons, nor their daughters, for I will pour their wickedness upon them. Not only the prophets, but if you listen to these prophets, if you listen to them and obey them. Jeremiah 30, 12 through 15, for thus saith the Lord, thy bruise, listen to this, is incurable. Thy wound is grievous. There is none to plead your cause, for thou mayest be bound up. Thou hast no healing medicines. All your lovers have forsaken you. They seek thee not, for I have wounded thee with a wound of the enemy. 
with the chastisement of a cruel one, with the multitude of thine iniquities, because your sins were increased. Why criest thou for thine affliction? Your sorrow is incurable for the multitude of your iniquity. Because thy sins were increased, I have done these things unto you. There comes a point of no return. Ezekiel 5, 11 through 12. Wherefore, as I live, saith the Lord God, surely because you have defied my sanctuary with all your detestable things and with all your abominations, therefore I will diminish thee. Neither shall my eye spare you, neither will I have any pity. A third part of you will die with pestilence and with a famine. Thou shalt be consumed in the midst of thee, a third part followed by the sword round about, and I will scatter a third part into all the winds. I'll draw out a sword after them. Ezekiel 7, 8 and 9. Now will I shortly pour out my fury upon you and accomplish mine anger upon you. I will judge you according to your ways. I will recompense thee for all your abominations. My eyes will not spare, neither will I have any pity, but I'll recompense you according to your ways. Here's another one, Ezekiel 8, 17 through 18. I'll just go down. My eye will not spare, neither will I have pity. Though you cry in my ears with a loud voice, yet I will not hear you. Ezekiel 14, 13, 14, 16, and 18, and 20. Son of man, when the land sins against me by trespassing grievously, then I'll stretch out my hand upon it. I'll break the staff of the bread thereof. I'll send famine upon it. I'll cut off man and beast. Though these three men, Noah, Daniel, and Job were in it, they shall deliver their own souls by their own righteousness, saith the Lord. Though these three men were in it, they shall deliver neither sons or daughters. They only will be delivered by their own righteousness, and the land will be desolate. Though these three men were in it as I live, says the Lord God, they'll deliver neither son nor daughter, but only they will be delivered. Though Noah, Daniel, and he goes on and on, only the righteous will be delivered by their own righteousness. Not your sons or daughters, unless they have relationship with God. Deuteronomy 28, 15, 45, 48, 49. It will come to pass if you will not hearken to the voice of the Lord your God and observe all his commandments and his statutes. All these curses will come upon you and overtake you. All these curses will come upon you and they shall pursue thee and overtake thee till you're destroyed because you did not hearken unto the voice of your God to keep his commandments and his statutes. I will bring a nation against you. I will destroy you. You will lose to your enemies. If you want to read scripture, read Daniel 9, 11, 13, 14. Nahum 3, 19. There is no healing of thy bruise. Your wound is grievous. All that hear the brunt of thee will clap hands over you. For upon whom hath not thy wickedness passed continually? We have spread our wickedness all through the nations. We're funding right now under Biden abortion all through the world. Under Obama, when I was meeting with these African presidents, they were saying, you know what, your president, I thought you were a Christian nation. He is telling me, though, this is Obama. They'll cut off all aid to Africa. And they named the different countries as I visited the leaders. Unless we put abortion, homosexuality, and Islamic courts in our constitution. That was Obama. We have spread wickedness through the nations and they're going to clap over our defeat one day. I will cast down your dead men before your idols. I will lay the dead carcasses of your children. Now I'm reading Ezekiel 6, 1 through 14. I'm not going to read the whole thing because of time. If you're writing notes, take out Jeremiah 11, 17 through 11. You can read it. The same thing. Jeremiah 13, 25 through 27. The same thing. I have seen your adulteries. I've seen your lewdness of whoredom, the abominations in the field. Woe unto you, O Jerusalem. Jeremiah 14, 1 through 12. Pray not for this people for their good. When they fast, I'll not hear you. When you cry, offer burnt offering, I will not accept them. 
but I'll consume you by the sword, famine, and by the pestilence. I mean, we can just keep reading it. Jeremiah 16, 10 through 13. As it comes to pass, when thou shalt see and show these words, they shall say unto you, Wherefore hath the Lord pronounced all this great evil against you? Or what is our iniquity? Or what is our sin that we have committed against the Lord our God that thou shalt say unto us, Because your fathers forsaken me, saith the Lord, and walked after other gods and have served them and forsaken me and have not kept my laws, and you have done worse than your fathers. For behold, you walk after everyone after his own imagination of your own evil heart, that they may not hearken unto me. Therefore will I cast you out of the land that you know not, neither you are your fathers, and there shall be other gods that will rule day and night where I will not show you favor. Since March 2020, I've had 16 dreams. Burning cities, civil war, first civil unrest, civil war, and in invasion. I'm telling you, it's coming. I read you some newspaper articles today, CIA director, what they're saying. I bet that shocked you. They're talking about millions of people being put in concentration as a camp. Millions of people dying. Did you hear one count over 220, whatever it was? I've got the newspaper clippings. I can't believe America is just ignoring all of this. This is Germany all over again. Why aren't all the pastors screaming? I just don't get it. I've been on radio and television ever since I got this information screaming, trying to wake up churches. They've told you what they're going to do. Are you waiting till they drag you out of your homes? They've told you what they're going to do. It's like the Muslims. They tell you what they're going to do and they do it. Iran tells you what they're going to do and they do it. Jeremiah eleven seventeen through 23, there should be no remnant for them for I will bring evil upon the men. Jeremiah 13, 25 through 27, Jeremiah 14, 1 through 12, Jeremiah 16, 10 through 13, 2 Thessalonians 2, 10 through 12. Romans 2, 5, 6, and 8, Paul warns the sexual immoral Romans of the full cup principle. You are storing up wrath against yourself for the day of God's wrath when his righteous judgment will be revealed. God will give to each person according to what he has done. But for those who are self-seeking and who reject the truth and follow evil, there will be wrath and anger. Paul warned of the full cup of iniquity principle. 1 Thessalonians 2, 14 through 16, the believers in Thessalonica are encouraged to be patient until the enemies of Christ had filled their cup of iniquity. You suffered from your own countrymen the same things those churches in Judea suffered from the Jews who killed the Lord Jesus and the prophets. They, the Jews, displeased God and are hostile to all men in their effort to keep us from speaking to the Gentiles so they may be saved. In this way, they will heap upon their sins to the limit. The wrath of God has come upon them at last. Paul knew that the Jews had filled up their cup and that they were doomed to destruction by the Romans in 70 A.D. Jesus warned about the full cup rule during a discourse with the scribes and Pharisees after pronouncing seven curses, woes upon the hypocrisy. Matthew 23, 32 through 33 says, Fill up the measure of your forefathers, you serpents, generation of vipers. How can you escape the damnation of hell? When a nation, city, people, or person's cup of iniquity has been filled, then divine love manifests itself in judgment. God breaks his silence for divine mercy has its limits. And out of divine grace for the innocent, his wrath is poured out. God's behavior toward Israel is no different than any other nation. God's behavior is universal. The full cup principle with Israel is as follows. Israel becomes wicked. Warnings are sent from God through the prophets. When the warnings are repeatedly rejected by the people or nation, God sends destruction. Note, for example, God sent eight prophets to Israel over the period of 130 years prior to the destruction of the ten northern tribes to warn the people to repent and obey the laws of God or he would send destruction. 
God sent the prophets Elisha, Obadiah, Joel, Jonah, Amos, Hosea, Isaiah, and Micah. When the majority of people continue to reject the warnings of God, which is the grace and mercy of God, finally the cup of iniquity became full. God broke his silence and used the Assyrian king to bring judgment upon Israel by destroying the ten tribes of Israel in 722 B.C. Later, when the Assyrian cup of iniquity became full, God sent another nation to destroy the Assyrians. The cup of iniquity principle always takes place. It's a rule, a law designed by God himself. It is the science of judgment. Prior to the destruction of the southern tribes of Judah and Benjamin, God sent five prophets out of compassion to warn them to repent. For 65 years, the prophets Nahum, Zephaniah, Habakkuk, Jeremiah, and Ezekiel tried to warn them of God's anger to their sins, but they continue to reject the warnings of the prophets. We must realize God is predictable. There's a certain pattern of apostasy that is scientific to all nations. God's character of justice and mercy is known and balanced into what I call his divine love. When patterns of apostasy continue and the cup of iniquity is full, then first for redemptive purposes and then destruction. God sends a destroyer upon a nation to judge it. God uses kings as his arm of destruction. He uses them as his destroyer, kings of nations, to conquer and destroy the nation in apostasy. The people of Israel were warned about violating the terms of God's covenant. Why do people eventually have to be separated and sent and judged to eternal life or eternal damnation. God knows if he doesn't eventually separate mankind. If he lets you live any person a million years, there comes a point you will not repent. You will continue to rebel. It doesn't matter. You'll do more and more harm and the innocent will become prey. And finally, everybody will become a victim because evil men will wipe out Christianity on earth. And he's going to stop this insanity. That's the grace of God. Stopping the insanity of people that would wipe out his bride. You know, the plagues of God coming against the enemies of the church. We have to prevent the evilness of man in our nation if we want to live under God's laws of blessing and prosperity. That's what we need to do. That's our responsibility. This is Jonathan Hansen. Did you enjoy today's warning radio program? Tomorrow we'll continue with this message that also goes into the kingly anointing. Now, dear listeners, Do you enjoy my warning radio program? I want to tell you, I'm in need of your help. 2022 has been a horrible year financially for me. People did not send in near enough money. And to meet my budget, I'm $69,000 short. That's $69,000 short. Also, two of my computers broke. One used for radio and the other for our media programs. Now, $2,000 have already come in, but I still need another $1,600. If you could help me on either need, the $69,000, or if you want to specify and put it toward the computers, $1,600 would pay off both computer needs. And again, I'm $69,000 short from meeting budget. Whatever you send, great or small, would help us greatly. My telephone number, 360-629-5248, 360-629-5248. My website, www.worldministries.org. And if you want to send a check, mark the check to WMI. Send it to World Ministries International, P.O. Box 277, Stanwood, Washington, 98292. May God richly bless you. I'll see you tomorrow.